From a studio high above the clouds of the Okanagan Valley, this is the Cannabis Podcast. Exploring the world of Canadian cannabis culture, one toke at a time. Now, here's your host and bud tender, Gary Johnston. And keeping to our credo of one toke at a time, you'll be pleased to know that I have taken care of that criteria. I'm now ready for episode 17 of the Cannabis Podcast, and I hope you are too. If you're coming back, thank you for coming back. And if this is your first time, I'm glad you decided to join us. We got a ton of information about cannabis and Canadian cannabis culture for you today. And today we are actually going to talk about some flavor and a little progress. Now, the flavor is coming from our visit to Cultivar Corner. We're going to try another cultivar from Peak Leaf. This is called Pacific Star. And the progress? Well, that is in the slowly changing retail climate here in B.C. We have got a story from our friends at Okanagan Z about the first public hearing for cannabis applications in the city of Kelowna and what that resulted in. In addition to that, I've got some stories from my bud-tending job, some interesting stories and some humorous, and some personal advice about edibles. Okay, now mentioning edibles made me hungry. I think it's time to get started with episode 17 of the Cannabis Podcast. And one of the things we talked about today was the ever-changing retail market here in the Okanagan and specifically here in the city of Kelowna. And on April 9th of this year, the city of Kelowna, or rather the Council of Kelowna, the mayor and council, held their first public hearing about cannabis retail stores. And we're going to quote from the OZ, our friends at the Okanagan Z, doing some great coverage of marijuana stories here in the Okanagan. David Wiley and his crew are doing an excellent job, and I'm going to be quoting from their story as we talk about this one. So the city's council gave them all unanimous scores and third readings, approving in principle the first seven of 15 applicants. And those applicants include Starbuds, Spirit Leaf, Hobo, Chiba Chibas, Mary Jane's HQ, and Flora. Quoting Kelowna's Mayor Colin Bazran, we stuck true to our word. And he added that history was made in the city. Basman said City Council has taken a fair share of flack, and it certainly did, when it shut down illegal dispensaries months before legalization. That was a whole different ballgame and a whole different story that happened here in the Okanagan. To further quote the mayor, it was never that we were opposed, or we were some stuck-in-the-dark ages council who didn't want to get with the times, he says. The council had promised to follow the legal framework to approve stores, and Basran says they have fulfilled that vow. Another quote from Mayor Basran, while not everyone will be happy, we will finally have retail outlets in our community and ahead of other municipalities in the country, I might add. Now, I appreciate the boast of that statement, but it's not as bold as it may first appear, because while that is certainly true here in British Columbia, where now to date, and I have to update that because now they have approved 16 retail licenses across the country or across the province. There were two recently allowed to have their licensing. So who was applying for these seven applications here in the city of Kelowna? Well, let's tell you about that. Starbuds is one of them. Starbuds marketing director Daniel Weiner spoke on behalf of the franchise's application, which is off of Highway 97 right through the city. And to quote him, approving development permits like these, once that does happen, creates other jobs beyond just bud tenders and store managers, he said. We have national ambitions. So we talk about creating jobs for developers, marketers, designers, IT people, HR people. Now, Matthew Dober spoke on behalf of cannabis retail brand Flora. It's owned by Argent Diversified, 
And that company has two applications, one on Bernard Avenue in downtown and another in Glenmore. Dober says he plans to develop a classy brand. To quote him, I'd like to compare it to something like a higher-end Starbucks or a premium wine store. Reed Ogden spoke on behalf of the Donnelly Group, which has plans for stores in Ontario and B.C. The company's proposed hobo brand stores on Springfield. Stephen Jones, who owns Avico Health, says he plans to divide a section of his store on Gordon Drive for use as a cannabis retail store. He says he's been a medical cannabis patient for six years and addressed a few letters of opposition. To quote him, We don't have people drinking in front of local liquor stores. They go home. We expect cannabis users to do the same, he says. People taking too much cannabis are more likely to go to Domino's, Subway, or to bed. And how true that is. Now, there was some opposition, and to further quote the story from the OZ, a handful of residents spoke adamantly against replacing a stretch of recreational golf course green space near the 18th hole of Quail Ridge with townhouses. As far as cannabis goes, only one person spoke against any of the applications at the meeting. It was a resident named Estelle, and Estelle fears that the stores would increase petty thefts in the area. To quote Estelle, I'm afraid to see my quality of life go down because of this, she says. I'm afraid it's going to add more madness to the area. This is again an indication to me of the stigma still out there, and I'm really feeling it these last few weeks. Being a bud tender now and being exposed to it on a daily basis, and then coming out of that environment out into the shall I say, the real world. It is still astounding to me how much stigma there is there and how many people are still kind of hiding around the corner, not wanting to fully come out and say, yeah, yeah, I smoke cannabis, I do, I do. It's statements like this that I think are going to be disproven, as so many of these weird ideas have been, as cannabis becomes more prominent and we have more stores opening. So there we go. Seven stores have made it through the public hearing process within the city of Kelowna. Those stores now move on to furthering their regulation. And the big piece of that is, guess what? BC Cannabis Stores. And they now have to authorize the licenses for these stores. And as I intimated earlier when talking about this story, that number has slightly increased. In fact, we're going to do a live check and see where we are now in terms of the number of retail outlets that the province of British Columbia has allowed. Oh, look, we have grown. Oh, my goodness. There's been three new additions. <laughs> uh, so there is a total of, let me count them up, 16. 16 retail licenses for private stores that the provincial government has now authorized here in British Columbia. The last three, so the last one we talked to you about uh, probably two episodes ago was Dawson Creek, Starbucks. Well, now Bowen Island has the approval for one of their uh, legal cannabis shops. Happy Isle Cannabis Company is the store. And now there's two that have been approved for Victoria, Cloud Nine Collective and the Original Farm. But you may or may not have noticed that in that list I just read, there's still none for the Okanagan. And I know there are now seven stores at least that are waiting for that further approval. So we'll be keeping our eye perhaps more closely on that provincial government site to see how quickly they move through this next phase of retail licensing. So the retail license landscape is changing, <laughs> and I've said it before, and I'll say it again, at glacial speed. THC, CBD, terpene profiles, what's in me? Oh, please explain to me, cultivar corner. 
Well, this is kind of an exciting time at Cultivar Corner because not only are we sampling a new cultivar this week, but I also have to be honest and say this is my first hit of the day. <laughs> Ironically enough, ever since I started my job as a bud tender, I'm smoking less cannabis because I'm at home less. And of course, we don't smoke at work. That's the first irony. And the second irony is that I am smoking less cannabis since I started working as a bud tender selling cannabis. And there's the irony of the situation today. So what are we sampling today? Well, let me pop up the information and I'll tell you. This is Pacific Star. It is from Peak Leaf is the brand name. Let me give you all of those details first before I... I'm just anxious to get it lit and get high. So you'll apologize if I... Or I will apologize if I seem a bit eager. It's produced in Ontario. The brand is Peak Leaf. The producer is Can Trust Incorporated. It is an indica-dominant, not an inca-dominant, an indica-dominant. The THC range is purported to be 20 to 24 percent. I'll tell you what this match came out to in a little bit. The CBD range, very low, about 0 to 1 percent estimated potency. Method of consumption is inhalation. I think I've got that covered. The growing method is hybrid greenhouse. And I could have told you, without even looking at this little sheet, that it was machine-harvested. Because once again, when I open up this one gram package, very small buds, machine harvested, everything I have seen so far that's been machine harvested has been very small buds. So what does the write-up say? It says, an indica-dominant hybrid with sparkling crystal trichomes and a dark green and purple coloration. The strain has aromas of a coniferous forest and citrus lemon. Okay, uh, there's a bit of forest floor there. I'm not detecting any citrus lemons, so I'm not sure what they're talking about there. But I have found that the packaging, so the packaging, this was packaged back in September, September 18th or September 24th of 2018. So it's been in the packaging for a while, as I said, small buds. It does have that dark green and purple coloration, so you can see that. What's the terpene profile, you may be asking? Well, if you're not, I will ask that question for you. The terpene profile for this particular strain or cultivar, pinene, 0.10%. Caryophylline is at 17%. No, make that 0.17%. That makes a big difference. And limonene is at 0.38%. And just a brief rundown on each of those uh, terpenes. Caryophylline, that's a balancing terpene, which is commonly found in basil, oregano, hops, and rosemary, and in spices such as cloves, caraway, black pepper, and cinnamon. Commonly presents notes of spice and pepper. Pinene? Well, that's the energizing terpene we've talked a lot about, found in pine needles as well as orange peels, parsley, dill, and sage. It's also the most common terpene in the world. It delivers trademark scents of fresh pine and sweet wood. I think that's the forest floor that I'm detecting in this. And limonene? We can smell limonene in everything, but I am not picking up a whole lot of limonene in this one. It is an uplifting terpene found in citrus rinds, juniper, peppermint, cannabis, and rosemary. Its aroma boasts notes of lemon and orange. And I'm afraid in my inhalation here of Pacific Star, I'm not picking up a lot of those hints of citrus. But more importantly, and because I'm just itching to get high after my day at work, let's get down to the business of testing Pacific Star.
I always love that first hit of cannabis after a day when you haven't had any. It just awakens the senses. <clears throat> or I suppose, more importantly, it awakens the endocannabinoid system. <laughs> and those receptors are now waiting for me to be enveloped in my typical <laughs> happy eyes. Let's see if we get there. So that's one hit. I really want this to work because I really want to have a nice buzz off of this. I'm looking at the ash burning and it's not terribly white right now, I have to say. What I'm seeing on the end of this joint is actually some pretty dark gray ash. I'm not picking up any of those terpenes when I inhale from the joint. So a little bit of concern from me because I'm having a heck of a time keeping this joint lit. Okay, so that's about the third solid hit that I've had off of this joint. I'm not feeling the happy eyes yet. Don't feel much in the body. And since this is an indica dominant, I would expect to feel a little body relaxation taking place now. As I said, I'm having trouble keeping it lit. See, there you go. I again got one hit out of it, and it is not staying lit, and I don't roll my joints tight. I roll them so that they will smoke appropriately. A little concerned in the, again, the ash on this one. It is not real white. It's kind of a dark gray. It's not black. So I'll give you that. It's not a black ash. But difficult to keep it going, although I think I finally achieved that nirvana in a sense. Okay. Hit number five. I'm feeling a bit of my happy eyes. Feeling a little relaxation in my body. It's not a it's certainly not a coach lock inducer. Not early in the game, anyways. I am feeling some relaxation in the body after a long day at work, which is always nice. Perhaps not as high as I thought that 23% THC was going to get me. And I haven't given you those details yet. This is actually, this batch came out at the total THC before decarboxylation was 0.7%. After decarboxylation, 23% is what they're estimating. And the CBD, again, minuscule, 0.04% before decarboxylation and the same amount after decarboxylation. So what's my opinion of this one? Yeah, it was six ninety nine a gram. So price-wise in today's market, that's not that bad for a gram price. But there you go. It's gone out again. I think the word is still a little indecisive about Pacific Star from Peak Leaf by Cantrust Incorporated. From the cannabis-infused studio in the clouds, this is the Cannabis Podcast. And it takes a bit of cannabis infusion to really open up one's mind to the perspective of the new people that are coming into the cannabis world. One of the things that I have found most enjoyable since beginning my job as a bud tender some five, six weeks ago are the people who come into the store who are brand new to cannabis. And they range from just 19 or 20 all the way up to 70s and 80s. 
It's been fascinating to watch this. And the, and, and the most pleasure I get is when they come into the store, and there was one just, just this last week. They were a couple in their 70s. I think 75 and 78 they were. Had never tried cannabis before, which I found odd being the age they were. But now they were interested in it. And they first wanted to try edibles. And I, as a responsible bud tender, suggested that dosing might be a little difficult for them with their first time in edibles. And I'll touch more on this a little bit later in a sidebar story about edibles. But I convinced them that I thought the best way for them to get an introduction to it was to go with a vaporizer if they don't want to smoke and get some flour. Because that way they can control absolutely the dosing they're going to take. Just take that one small hit off of that joint or off of that vaporizer. Hold that in your lungs and see how that feels. Give yourself a couple of minutes and see if you want some more. Much easier to dose in that regard. So I'm having a lot of fun doing that. But the other piece that I wanted to talk about was the, and I admire those who are unaware of cannabis and are, are endeavoring to find out some information and they're diving into it. And as usually happens, somebody falls onto a site or adopts a, a strategy or a naming convention from somewhere. And, and as soon as you hear it, it just, it just makes you chuckle. And I had that when this one middle-aged woman came in, and I think this was probably about two or three weeks ago, and wanted me to show her where the stevia was. I'm sure my face looked like I, <laughs> I wanted to laugh, but I didn't want to make her feel bad. I mean, it's an education process, and not everybody knows everything, but inside I'm just laughing my head off, thinking, okay, I'm sure she wants sativa, but she does not want the stevia sweetener <laughs> ingredient. And then I heard a variation of that today when someone came by and they were looking for the sativa. So taking the proper form of sativa initially and then turning it into tevia, I just get a chuckle at that. It, it is a, a lot of fun being a, a part of these people's exploration of cannabis. And, and as I say, boy, is it a diverse crowd. You could, you could literally probably map out the population of a of a city or a country based on the diversity of people who are coming through the doors of a cannabis store. It's been an amazing experience. I'm sure enjoying it. And I'll have more stories to tell in the future, I am sure. Another thing I wanted to share with you today is a little teaser about some news about somebody deeply involved with the show. And that's my son, Ian. You've heard me talk about him many times. You heard him on the first episode. You hear him every week, especially when I play Cultivar Corner. And in fact, you hear him every week because he did the intro for the show. My son Ian has some huge news in his world. I'm not going to tell you what it is, though, because that would be putting the cart before the horse, so to speak. <laughs> that news will become reality very soon. And by the time the next episode is set to go, I will be able to share that news with you. And I'm, I'm thrilled about it. And it's going to be pretty exciting for him. Did I tease you enough about that? Yeah, I think I probably did. Now I'm trying to figure out what the last thing I'm going to talk about is. Oh, I remember now. Edibles. I think I've expressed that I've had trouble with edibles over the past. And that's one thing I've learned through my cannabis education, is that the whole concept of edibles and after the liver transforms the THC into 11-hydroxy-THC, 
its behavior is somewhat erratic and, and unpredictable. You can have three people take the same dosage, three people, same weight, same structure, take the same dosage, and, and their reactions could be two, four, and six hours apart. I really experienced the tremendous variation in edible potency last week. One of our compatriots at the store where I work had a, I guess it was his mother, who made some. No, it was his wife. Yeah, it was his wife who made some brownies. And he was offering them to us. <laughs> I took one, two, I guess I took three of them. And the very first day I had one, I ate the entire thing. Didn't feel a thing. Talked to other people at work the next day or a couple of days later. They had experimented as well and, and had quite a wild time as, as they interpreted the story to me. So being the big, bold, and long-time cannabis user I am, I decided to step up and say, well, I can handle two brownies. <laughs> I'm sure sorry I had that thought. I came home the night that I decided to make that declaration after having been challenged about it. Midway through the evening, I had the evening ahead. I didn't have any work the next day, so I had the time to do it, fortunately. Midway through the evening, I decided to take those two brownies. I ate them both. And about 45 minutes later, <laughs> my night changed drastically. It was just after my wife had gone to bed, so it was late in the evening. I'd had a late shift, so it was starting late already. But wow. Those suckers came on headstrong and rolled me over like I have not been rolled over for a long time. That was probably the most psychotically stoned that I have felt in years, 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 years. <laughs> I hate to say this, but I sat at my computer where I, where I do a lot of the preparation and the recording of the show in my little studio. <laughs> I sat there with my arms on the on the side of my chair, just staring at my computer screen, wishing I could will myself to move the mouse to open a video or, or something, but I couldn't do it. And then I realized I was having thoughts about, am I going to be able to get back up the stairs? Like... Am I going to spend the rest of the night just sitting in this chair? <laughs> I was I was blown away by the experience. <laughs> so I did work up the courage. And I think after a couple hours, I finally decided to make it back up the stairs for our safety and my bed was waiting. I made it to the top of my stairs and I madly rushed over to the couch that's in our family area. And I laid myself down there and I don't think I moved for about three hours. <laughs> And in that three hours, I'm still just, wow, super, super stoned. And I'm looking at, we have this fig tree that has been in our, in the houses we have lived in, in many different cities. We've had that fig tree for almost 40 years, I guess. And it's, it's I mean, it's a substantial one. It doesn't take up the entire room, but it's pretty big. And then I spent the next couple of hours watching this tree morph into various mutations of hallucinations. And I had not experienced that for many, many years. So the moral of this story is, uh, well, I guess I should end the story first. 
Eventually, I was kind of drifting in and out for a while. And when I woke up at about 2.30 in the morning, I decided that I was going to get up off the couch, go into my bed and just finish the night that way, which I did. And I woke up feeling fairly groggy. That's probably also one of the first times I've had a, quote, cannabis hangover. So the moral of this story from my perspective, edible dosing is really difficult. And edibles are perceived and received so differently by different people. There, you can't be making a blanket statement about how an edible is going to behave or how you're going to behave on an edible. And I know a lot of people love them. I know a lot of people just love their edibles and they do them a lot. And good on you. I'm happy for you. I don't think I'll be doing a lot more edibles in the future. I think I've probably eaten my last one. We are in the process of trying to line up another interview. This one I'm actually quite excited about. It's with a new friend of mine that I met through my job as a bud tender. And she operates a home-based business on marijuana medical consultation. Going to be a fascinating story, I'm sure. So stand by for that. That's going to be coming up in the next couple of episodes. Plus, we'll be looking for another cultivar to get our handle on. And I'll tell you that secret news about Ian. Because by the time this episode airs, that event will probably have happened and it will be okay for me to talk about it. That, I think, my friends, is it for episode 17 of the Cannabis Podcast. From the cannabis-infused studio, high above the Okanagan Valley, this was the Cannabis Podcast. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, it's Justin Benton, host of the Miracle Plant Podcast, where we discuss this miracle plant that goes by so many names and how it's helping people in so many extraordinary ways. So if you love this plant and you want to hear a story that tugs on those heartstrings and learn more about this plant, then head on over to the Miracle Plant Podcast. You'll be glad you did.